Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MGR Unplugged. Today, I'm here with David Gill again, and we're going to talk about the NBA draft. Uh, no, no, actually, no, we're not going to talk about the NBA draft. Um, we're actually going to talk as much as David would like to. Hey, do I can that. talk all day about the NBA draft <laughs> if you want me to. I just wanted to make sure you're awake. Um, no, no, no. We're actually uh, going to discuss a few more updates. We, we had an episode about uh, Shopify and Facebook and integration and e commerce and all that. And since then, there's a few more updates that we wanted to add. We had a few, uh, uh, some feedback from, from our listeners from, you know, uh, suggesting that we expand a little more on some of the sections. So we're going to do just that today. But before that, I wanted to remind you, you haven't listened to the last episode that I had. I recorded it last week. I think it was actually last Friday uh, with Anthony Amin. This guy is an inspirational, amazing guy. He's a veteran of the Afghanistan war and uh, his story was just just so compelling. I don't want to spoil it for you. You haven't listened to it. It's the last uh, podcast. I think it went live on Monday. And um, if you go to MGR Unplugged, uh, whichever uh, podcast network you use, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything, you will find it right there. Um, give it a listen. It's a very, very inspirational story. And in fact, I'm going to be working with him on many more projects, including uh, his own personal brand and so forth. So please give it a listen. Um, it's really, really worth it. Uh, but without Yeah, it was good. I, it was pretty intense when I listened did to you? it. Did yeah, you? Yeah, I, I, was, I was almost... Uh, I mean, I was in front of him when he was explaining to me all his uh, story, basically. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, you've seen that in movies and all that stuff. This is the true story of a person going yeah. to war and suffering firsthand uh, pain. And, 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 that's, and that's incredible. So um, yeah, give it a listen. It's a very good story. And um, the person, I mean, he himself is amazing. He's a great friend. And uh, you'll hear more from him. He, I, I want him to come back and dis uh, discuss with me or talk with me about other business things and things that he does. But uh, it'll be in a few weeks or maybe in a few months. But uh, yeah, it was a great, uh, great podcast. Um, all right. So without further uh, delay, let's get over to um, the uh, topic of the day, which is actually, like I said, e-commerce on and Shopify and so forth. So, uh, David, uh, a few things that I want to expand. First of all, you, uh, you actually told me before we were um, preparing for this podcast that uh, Shopify just came with um, this new feature that is similar to um, Amazon FBA or something like that. I don't know exactly the details. I don't think you know them either. But uh, Yeah, so basically Shopify, uh, they had their Shopify Unite conference, just like all these companies have their big conferences. Theirs was on Wednesday, I think or maybe Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, anyways, they made some uh, major announcement, but the biggest was their new SFN, Shopify Fulfillment Network. And basically anybody who is familiar with Amazon FBA, fulfillment by Amazon, it's gonna be very similar, but for Shopify. Um, but basically it's just, as it sounds, it's a fulfillment network, so Shopify, uh, what I believe is that they're they're investing. They said a billion dollars into opening uh, many warehouses, and I believe they're going to work with other logistics companies as well. I'm not 100% sure on all the details on that part, um, but really the main thing is that now they're going to help Shopify sellers offer two-day shipping nationwide, 
which is a big deal because obviously one of the biggest barriers for e-commerce sites is actually the shipping. I mean, a lot of people, even myself, as much as we work with e-commerce companies ourselves, I still will go a lot of times if I find something on Amazon, which, you know, I have a prime account, so I get the free two day shipping or one day shipping sometimes mm-hmm. I'll buy it over buying it on an e-commerce store. So now uh, Shopify very well knows that and they're trying to close that gap and you know, it's very difficult for an individual seller or a small business right. to offer great shipping. Right. But Shopify is basically trying to close that gap for their Right, right. Their it, looks like, it looks like, um, yeah, I think uh, the, the consumer now, before it was Amazon that started with a free two-day shipping for Prime members. And then, obviously, Walmart matched it. And yeah, they and came with Target the now program. has done Target the same thing. Target now is doing the same thing. So, so really, if you go to any of the major... Uh, either e-retailers or big box retailers with their online presence, they all deliver uh, definitely in two days, sometimes next day, sometimes even same day as Amazon is trying to do now. So so that puts the, uh, the small business um, online commerce, e-commerce uh, disadvantage because if they are basically fulfilling their orders themselves, they, they find themselves like, okay, somebody ordered something on Thursday or a Friday. Yeah, they, they just uh, don't they have don't the, the scale office. to compete. Right. Obviously, Amazon has a massive network of fulfillment mm-hmm. centers across the country working, tw- I don't know if it's 24-7, but they work many hours of the day and they process millions of orders. Obviously, a small business does not have this that scale. Shopify is now bringing that scale to them. So, so let me ask you now, from this strategy standpoint, do you think that will make some of the smaller businesses that normally say, hey, I need to be, I have to be on Amazon just to you know, uh, be able to provide my, my products and services next day and so forth or in the next uh, couple of days. Do you think some of them will kind of think twice now and say, okay, well, if I if Shopify offers me this FBA type program or FBS or whatever, should I just uh, maybe just do my own marketing and I don't need to be on Amazon to, to be able to deliver in the next two days? I think... No, because the the reason, the main reason to be on Amazon isn't necessarily for the FBA. That's a big thing that they offer but the biggest reason to be on amazon is because half of all e-commerce in the u.s is done on amazon mm-hmm. so the biggest reason is because they have a massive customer base they have the 100, 100 million prime subscribers yeah but at the same time you have a huge marketplace where you have a lot of competitors on, on right but if you're there you're getting more exposure and it just gives you another um, sales channel what i think this really does for shopify is as far as all of their e-commerce competitors Besides Amazon, every other platform that offers, you know, whether it's big commerce or uh, Webflow or just even WordPress, I mean, just any of these platforms that offer e-commerce services too, now they are really separating themselves from the competition because now for $30 a month plus whatever their fulfillment fees are, you get a full fulfillment network with two-day shipping. No other platform can offer that. So that definitely, I think, with acquiring more customers, mm-hmm. uh, separates them for sure. So, so yeah, I think... As the, I as think, the dominant platform. Yeah, I think that's going to make uh, Shopify separate itself from, from the other competitors, from the WooCommerce, BigCommerce, and all these other... Uh, um, you know, e-commerce software platforms that people right. are considering when they set up their own online store. And not to mention, if you really, you know, look down the road a few years, which is obviously what Shopify is doing, um, and I've seen other people, you know, I was on Twitter when they announced this, and I was kind of reading a lot of reactions, and a lot of people made good points, which is, you know, Shopify charges $30 a month for their basic service, and then obviously there's tons of upgrades, and there's Shopify Plus, all of that, uh, which is in the thousands, but 
the, the majority of people spend maybe 30 to $60 a month with Shopify, the fulfillment revenue they could get could far, far, far surpass that. Because if they're charging, say, 4 or $5 a unit fulfillment, I have no idea. They haven't announced anything it's, uh, as far as pricing goes. It's going to be based, I'm assuming, very similar to Amazon, shipping weight, all of that. But if they're making, say, uh, $5 a unit, $4 a unit uh, fulfillment fees, that's going to way surpass the amount of revenue they're getting from someone's $60 a month right, right, uh, that they're paying Shopify. So really, this fulfillment network could be their biggest source of revenue a few years down the road, much more so than the platform itself. And maybe I could even see them offering the platform at a lower price because that's not their moneymaker and just to get people into the fulfillment mm -hmm. network. Yeah, just to give them the competitive edge. So that's that's their strategy and we'll see what they do. They're taking early applications now for merchants who I think meet certain sales criteria. Cool. Um, do you know any about the sales criteria? I mean, do you have a certain mm, volume or anything? No, I don't know. I'm assuming it's only details. in the US for now, right? It's There's only no US, for, no but for. they said it will be ready by the end of the year, which is pretty quick. That's so. pretty quickly, yeah. Uh, obviously, we're already in June, almost July. So mm -hmm. within the next few months, I'm sure we'll see it roll out. So very exciting for a lot of e-commerce sellers. And uh, I think it's a great option, a great alternative to other fulfillment That's options. That's great. Yeah, I mean, Shopify is like in the news every day for different reasons. But one of the things they do very well, which is what attracted me to, to the platform in the first place, is their um, pretty seamless integration with, uh, with Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google Ads, and so forth. I mean, you can... Um, Enable your different uh, sales channels through the uh, through the admin section of Shopify, and uh, if you have um, a Facebook business account, or which obviously is the same as Instagram, or you have Google uh, Google Ads in place, or any other kind of marketing campaign, or where you're going in the uh, in the paid advertising uh, space, um, Shopify makes it pretty pretty easy actually to connect uh, your accounts with them, and then. Um, I mean, depending on your skill level, you can actually design and produce the ads within the Shopify marketing platform as opposed to go into Facebook Business Manager if, and things like that. If you're entry level uh, and you're just trying to get started, I, you could do that. But I would definitely, if you're, a, if you're do, someone doing volume and trying to scale... Uh, the ads manager is going to be much better. There's just so many more You're options. You're talking to Facebook ads manager. Yeah. Doing it within Facebook. I have not seen really a third party because a lot of these companies come with uh, third-party ads manager, uh, like mini versions. Integrations, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I have not seen one that really comes close to the scope that you. Well, scope and, of and I think, and I think that part of the reason is because the the Facebooks and Googles and so forth. They're not going to they, let they, you. Right. They, they give you features. a certain percentage of access to your to their platform so that people start there and then hopefully they like it and then once right. they become more experienced right. they just say well i'm gonna do this actually from Facebook." if, if you've never made a facebook ad before it's fine but if you're a company spending right. thousands of dollars i definitely would not do it through shopify i would do it on facebook directly right but you can you can still connect uh what you do through shopify is when you set up your store and your products and everything you set up your catalogs and then you can connect them to, to your accounts with uh, Facebook, social media, Google, and so forth, and then have your catalogs, basically, with all your products and pricing so people can shop for those and buy them from, from these different, what they call marketing channels, obviously. So so that's something that Shopify has that they've done very well. And uh, honestly, I've done it a few times for some of our clients, and uh, it's pretty seamless, actually. It's not, it's not as, as long as you have access, obviously, with all the security uh, in place for you know, access to the uh, the Facebook business accounts and Instagram and all that, you, you should be able to connect 
the accounts in a fairly, uh, fairly effective way, you know, without much uh, complications, you know. And obviously, there's an approval process like there is for everything, but it shouldn't be too too complicated. So, um, any other um, updates that you have from um, the Shopify uh, arena or Facebook or anything? Um, no, that was the main one. I uh, I need to do some. I didn't follow it live or anything. My, that's gonna be my weekend uh, reading is to see everything that Shopify announced this weekend and. Uh, kind of catch up on all that but i just saw you know the major headlines mm -hmm. and that was a big announcement so i definitely was interested in that yeah one. it's exactly speaking of uh, announcements is there are so many announcements these days for all these platforms that it's almost difficult for people that do this 24 7 like we do to even stay updated with, right amazon's with the same thing yeah they're always coming with new things that's why actually to plug real quick we have our Amazon weekly newsletter because that's right, we that's found right. it difficult for ourselves to constantly keep up with everything. And we were constantly having our clients ask us things. Oh, what's this? I heard this new feature. What's that? Uh, so we created a weekly newsletter that goes out every Monday. So if you want to subscribe to that, you can go to mgredge.com slash join. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes as well. And uh, basically once a week, Monday, takes a few minutes to read, just gives you all the I big know, news. I know, I actually Amazon use that week. myself. I, I um, Even though you and I have meetings a couple of times during the week, uh, I don't have time to keep up with everything, and I actually use the, uh, <laughs> the your newsletter to just keep up with some of the uh, updates from Amazon. Honestly, which is, which is because great. I help curate the newsletter, it helps me because obviously in having to go through and Research. read all the news i learn too so it keeps me on my toes it mm -hmm. keeps me on top of it so anyways just if you're an amazon seller i think it'd help you That's out good. if you don't like it you can unsubscribe all right so so one of the things that i wanted to do cover during this particular podcast is a little more advanced um advertising techniques again combining the shopify and and facebook advertising so um and, and this is more uh, as far as advanced um, audience retargeting, basically. So, well, you know, there's there's different strategies when it comes to creating typical campaigns. And if you start from the beginning, they say awareness is where you just put ads out there and it's a little bit of a shotgun approach where you just put an ad that is very generic and you try to select your audiences based on the product that you sell and trying to reach as many people as you can. But obviously, the result of those is usually not very effective because it's what we call the top of the funnel. Basically, you're trying to reach as many people as you can, but- Right, obviously you have different layers to ads. Right. You always have your top of funnel, middle funnel, and then bottom of funnel. And, and, and then obviously and, retargeting. Right, and, and one of the, I wouldn't say mistakes, but one of the wrong decisions that some of the clients that we talk to make is that when they first launch their Shopify store or any type of uh, online you know, e-commerce um, store, they say, oh, I need to advertise, and we talk to them about advertising and everything, and they want to basically just make the store and everything available to everybody, and they put this budget, whatever it is, whatever it is, from, from you know, $100 a day to $1,000 a day to $2,000 a day or whatever budget they have, and they say, I want to advertise this to all these people and all these age groups and all these things, and, and really, that's the wrong approach. You are trying to get as many people as you want, as you can, but it's not really your target. And uh, if you've had some kind of success in the past with any audience or any buyers for your products, the best thing to start is to actually start with a retargeting approach where you target again people that you have and you is this famous 
dilemma between how, how much it takes or it costs to actually acquire a new customer versus retaining an existing customer. So when it comes to e-commerce and advertising, it's actually better to start targeting your existing customers that you've worked with for the last few years, even if they haven't been very active, and try to start with them, build and expand the list through affinity audiences and so forth, and then combine that with a little bit of a acquiring, you know, top of the funnel approach. So I personally prefer to start a campaign with a little more retargeting before I actually go to a wide audience. What is your um, opinion with this and your experience? The ultimate thing that determines the, the audiences you target is your scale um, and budget, basically. I mean, a lot of, if you're someone who needs to spend $5,000 a day, yeah, you're gonna have to target larger audiences because obviously you need to spend that budget. If you're on a much lower budget, if you're only spending a hundred bucks a day or something of that nature, uh, then you can get very targeted. And obviously, this is where you want to look a lot at the the ROAS, the return on ad spend, because at a, at a lower ad spend, it's much easier to get a high ROAS because you can just target people who are incredibly likely to buy your products. Obviously, as you scale your ad spend, you're going to get lower returns, but that's okay. Obviously, you you know, when you have a low ad spend, a lot of people will get 10, 10x uh, ROAS on Facebook. That's unrealistic if you're spending, you know, more than $1,000 a day. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's it's not something that you could expect. So it, it who you target really depends. And as far as the retargeting goes, we can get into the real details, but there's, you know, I mentioned before, there's a lot of layers to this. It's kind of a, right, it's hard right. to that's, discuss that's exactly, in one this podcast. Is, this Basically, is what I wanted to get into. There's, there's two aspects of, well, there's really three aspects of, of who you're targeting. The first is like we were talked about, basically new people. Um, and so that's when you start with top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. What do I mean by that? Top of funnel is basically, this is the first, maybe second time they're really hearing about you. They're, they've maybe seen a couple lives, but they've never really interacted with you. Middle of funnel is they've clicked on one of your ads, or maybe you had a video on Facebook and they actually watched the video and you can retarget them with people who have watched a certain amount of seconds of the video, 10 seconds plus, whatever, you can decide that. Um, and then bottom of funnel is maybe uh, they went to your page and maybe they even added something to cart, but they didn't actually purchase. They're, mm-hmm. That's the they're very close. Talking about, but, exactly. And so there's different levels. And obviously you need all of them. You need to you need top of the funnel to get people to the bottom. And then there's the, uh, it, depending on your product, if you have something that is a, say, a, a consumable product uh, or something that people need to buy on a recurring basis, then obviously you want to re- be retargeting existing customers as well. Um, so there's there's a lot of different aspects to it. But yeah, you have your classic uh, top of funnel, then you have a top of funnel, middle of the funnel, and then you have your retargeting, and then you have the retargeting of existing customers. That's kind of the three main aspects of it. And right. you can get even much more detailed from there. Right, but right. But my, my point is that when you get people that are already at a level where they're familiar with your brand and your store, um, you know that the percentage of people that actually go to your page and even browse to the store, um, and they actually end up buying or actually checking out and um, making the purchase, 
is actually very small because people don't buy usually things the first time unless they're a repeated customer that they just know the product they want and, and so forth. So it's very that's product, why it's very product dependent too. If you're selling something for 15 bucks, maybe people will buy it the first time. If you're selling something for 200, yeah, that's something that's going to take people uh, a, a few time. interactions with you right. to purchase. So, so, so if you were to spend whatever budget you have, I think, I mean, it's worked better for us. So for me, when I do some of the campaigns, to spend the money trying to basically retarget, which is basically convincing those customers that have already been to my pages that this is a good product. So rather than say, okay, now I'm going to target brand new customers that I need to have to start the educational process from the beginning. So so when you want to double your sales, like obviously this is like a long-term um, goal, but uh, if you want to just uh, double, triple your sales, the best way to do it right away is by retargeting your customers that are basically have come to your website. That's how you retarget them. You have already cookies, pixels, and so forth to, to target them. And then you present to them as that are relevant to them. And then obviously we have retargeting based on browsing experience, product experience, um, abandoned cart experience yeah, I mean, and so forth you can do obviously you can create certain landing pages for uh, a certain offer and then people visit a landing page but don't buy then you can retarget them with that maybe you were offering 10% off now you offer 15% off exactly you have a special there's, loyalty campaigns for customers there's that have a ton been there. of things you can do and um and then you obviously can get into a lot of times you can maybe have a page where you're just capturing people's emails and then you retarget them through email marketing too. In addition to Facebook marketing, there's so many things you can do. Obviously, there's uh, I'll give one shout out to a software that I'm a fan of. No affiliation, not a sponsor, but one is called Clavio. Um, they're very good at, uh, I mean, it's just a software. So obviously, they're not doing things for you, but it's a it's a great system that uh, you can use and that we use with our clients to uh, basically do a lot of things we're talking about. Abandoned carts, set up email marketing for uh, people who have visited your site. It just, that's that's one system that I like. But there's a ton of these different systems. And if you're not utilizing them, you're just missing out. That's, that's it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But obviously, there's no system that's just going to do it for you. It's going to take a lot of work. Obviously, you can hire an agency too, which is you know, what, what we do, what our clients do with us, but you can do this yourself too. But it, it really is a, a full-time job, especially depending on the scale of your store. I mean, if you're someone who's spending, like we were just discussing, 500 bucks a day, 1,000 bucks a day, or more on Facebook ads, it's really a full-time job to make sure you're utilizing all these right. strategies we're talking and, and about. And the thing is that before, you remember not too far ago, I mean, too far, well, you know, when, when we started doing all these uh, digital marketing campaigns on the store, you started with retargeting, which is basically saying, hey, I'm gonna retarget people that come to my website, I capture the information, whether it's via browser cookies, this or that, and then I'll retarget them with an ad. Now the retargeting has become so specialized and so um, sharp as far as accuracy that, you can actually retarget people that go to a particular product. They, uh, at what stage of the uh, purchasing process they quit and yeah. so forth. You can have dynamic product ads, which we haven't even started yet, but the DPAs that we uh, use the acronym for, those are super, super hyper effective. I mean, this is basically a dynamic ad that you start with based exclusively on the product that you've been watch looking at, whether it's uh, 
you know, whatever you, you go to a shopping cart and you start browsing around and then you end up looking at a certain type of product or page and then you kind of go there and you're about to buy, but you don't buy it. And then uh, you can create these ads that are dynamic depending on your own experience visiting the website and, and your purchasing process that you can actually serve that ad to the person and it varies from person to person. So, right, and that works especially well when you're looking at, say, a clothing company that right. sells men's and women's clothes. You don't want to advertise to a man your women's clothing line. Mm -hmm. So that's a great example. And that basically businesses that sell a lot of product variations, uh, the dynamic product ads work phenomenally well for. Yeah, uh, let's get to those for a second. Are you, I mean, obviously you do those um, for our clients as well. And we've done, I mean, different, and this is not just for Shopify, by the way. I mean, we, we also do campaigns that are digital marketing campaigns for major hotels, resorts, and, and pretty much everybody in, in all industries. And uh, the, the principles are the same. It's not just whether you sell a physical product or you sell in tickets or you sell in rooms. I mean, it's really retargeting a person with the product or service that they're actually looking for. So those dynamic uh, product ads or service ads, in, for, for that matter, uh, work very well because you can have a, an ad that it's almost like a fill-in-the-blank space, a generic ad, and then you have certain areas of the ad that are dynamic, and that's where the, the name comes from. So you can serve the body of the ad for that particular audience, and you can have an ad that says, okay, this guy is a male that came from here, this age group, and look at this product. So that ad automatically pulls information from your ad database and then serves the ad to this person. So this person will connect to the ad directly because it's basically revisiting a product that they've already expressed or seen before and they, they have interest. The same computer, the same person can go um, and then there's a female that is looking at something different and then that ad will serve that female, you know, something completely different. So that's what the dynamic part of the ad is. It's not one size fits all. It's actually um, many sizes for each individual viewer. And this, this gets into the challenge of constantly coming with new creative for your ads. This is really... I think the biggest challenge facing uh, advertisers, marketers today is creating enough volume of uh, creative for your ads. Because before it was, you know, you make back in the old days, you make your one commercial and that's your big spot and then you run it for a couple months. Well, well you can think about print, print, print ads. You, you have a print ad for a magazine and then the, if the magazine had 100,000 circulation or whatever, you put a spot up. up two-page spread on uh, Time Magazine, that ad had to be the same for uh, any kind of income level, sex, orientation, this, that. I mean, basically, everybody that saw the ad was going to see the same ad. So you had to make it so generic that it really didn't appeal to anybody. Right. Now, that's completely changed. And there's two parts of the creative. One is making sure you don't get ad fatigue, which is basically, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this where maybe some company has retargeted you or something and you keep seeing the same ad over and over and over. Typically, from not just our experience, but uh, studies that have looked at this, you don't want to show the same ad to someone. It's basically frequency. Facebook tells you the average frequency. You don't want to show, it's somewhere in the four to seven range is about the max. Four to seven times seeing the ad. Once it's more than a seven, you start getting ad fatigue and the person completely, even if they see the ad, they will just yeah, scroll past it without yeah. even thinking. Yeah, it doesn't um, register anymore. Or it'll start bothering them that they start seeing mm -hmm. this ad all the time. So four to seven is kind of that sweet spot. And so that's one part, making sure you don't have ad fatigue, which happens a lot with retargeting because obviously you're constantly retargeting people. You're going to 
basically showed on these ads all the time. And so you have to make sure you're constantly updating those retargeting ads so you get the ad fatigue. But the second part is like you said, because before you were targeting general, and this was true for even early online advertising, you kind of target more general audiences, but now you can target very specific people. And it's, it kind of is a no brainer, but you know, if you're, if you want to target an audience that is, you know, women ages 25 to 35, it probably is a good idea to put a woman age 25 to 35 in that ad, mm -hmm. you know, which is just going to convert higher. And it's the same with all types of uh, demographics, things like that. And that's just one basic uh, level of it. But like that, you can expand 100x, you know, and you can target people if, if I'm a big NBA fan. So if you have some ad that's integrated with basketball in some way, that might work better right. than me if it's just a general ad. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest challenge i see and we face it all the time it's constantly coming with new creative before it was always trying to figure out the best ad placements and now it's the opposite you have unlimited options for ad placements the creative is the hard part yeah and and also it becomes a little bit of a information or option saturation i mean now the the average advertiser that you know like like i remember when google used to have these uh little coupons or something they still have them that they say oh for just a hundred dollars just start your campaign and target you know for the small business and all that stuff and and really i don't even know why google does that because they know very well that those hundred dollars you spend in creating an ad or something i mean i'm nowhere it's fine for them because they know some small businesses oh three hundred dollars but yeah obviously a hundred dollars gets you nowhere on google but but, but but you get nothing and secondly that you give it to a small business owner that uh, no offense but basically there is not their business to know about advertising and which back in the days is like you put your ad within a certain number of characters on the headline and all that stuff and it was fine now there's so many parameters behind the scenes that you can do for your ad to even be uh, relevant in general in the auction insights and everything that really i mean it's free so it's fine but if i were spending a hundred dollars like that it'll be like throwing a hundred dollar bill in the air and then just hoping that it lands somewhere you know it's just well, not gonna happen it's just too complicated let me ask you because you brought this up that and this is a dilemma that a lot of companies face especially as they start to grow their marketing um, is this something that people can do themselves in-house or should they hire an agency? Because obviously we're, gonna, we're, we're an agency, so I don't wanna be biased, but the, my opinion, I'll give mine and I'll see what you have to say, but I think yes, you can do it in-house, but I think that it's becoming, it, it really has become a full-time job. Even us, the amount of time we spend on accounts has increased a lot and just, like all of the different strategies we've discussed, those take a long time to set up. It's not something easy to do. I, I Honestly, it takes a lot to just stay on top of everything, all the new things that are constantly coming out. And uh, I think you can do it in-house, but I think only to a certain level, because I think the, the nice thing you get with an agency is that's all they do. Uh, I think the best, I honestly, the way the technology is going is making it more and more difficult for companies. I'm not talking small businesses most of the time. Small, medium businesses do it in-house. Because the level of specialization you have, the level of technicality that you're having now with the advertising is so complex. Even for agencies like us, which we do this 24-7, all we do, I don't need to sell hotel rooms, I don't need to right. sell I, widgets, I don't need to do anything. I don't need and to then talk on top to of the that, manufacturer. Do marketing, exactly. I don't need to do all that stuff. 
I'm just basically doing advertising research and implementation 24-7. And as we said in the beginning with the Shopify and the Amazons, all that stuff, it's even challenging for us to keep up with all the new technology out there. So if you want to do it right, I'm talking from good to great, which is the difference. You have to have somebody that is an expert. Now, for us as an agency, and I think it's for other agencies too, because you know we, we talk to other colleagues as well, it's actually the best situation is when you have a marketing director at a company that is on the same level and they basically help you planning the work so we can work the plan for them. So so that's the perfect synergy. When you have a person in-house that is actually very knowledgeable and it's like the chef that says, hey, we have this new product, we want to market it this way and that way, and they understand the technology, they understand the features and everything, they just don't have the time to do it themselves. Right. You know, and then they hire an agency that is their partner, really, we're partners when we work on this together, we're just on different sides of the fence, so to speak, but, uh, but we work together and we help them with the plan. And then we re- review the results every time, we change directions as we need to, we provide recommendations, but unless you're a huge company that has a whole marketing department and then you're basically doing it in-house, uh, even though it's actually but even another they agency. will outsource it right. as well. For, for, for the small, uh, small to medium business vendor that has to um, do everything else, and then on top of that, just go to login on Facebook and find out that the ad, and that's what happens. What happens is that most of the people get disappointed because they do it themselves, and they don't have the results that they expect, and then say, oh, this doesn't work for me. And that's the problem. It, it actually works. It's proven that it works. You I know, <laughs> Facebook the, is not making uh, all this money because it doesn't work. To, to go off of that point, I think one thing that I've definitely noticed over the past probably year, maybe two years, but probably the, definitely the last 18 months or so, um, before Facebook ads were so cheap mm-hmm. that you kind of could get away with not really knowing what you were doing and just doing basic stuff and you would still make money. Now it's getting to the point where basically everybody who's anybody is running Facebook ads. It's and, and Instagram and all everything. It's much, much more competitive. You And so now the, the, the small business who was running it in house or medium sized business that said, we can do it ourselves with our one or two person marketing team they were able to get away with it before and they weren't implementing all the strategies we talked about and many, many others, but it didn't matter because the Facebook ads were so cheap and so effective that uh, they were able to get away with it and still get a good return. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think if you don't really know what you're doing and have a great strategy and really know how to execute, you're not going to get the return, or at least you're going to get much lower returns than you could right. be getting. Right, and the results are not going to be there. And it's not different than, I mean, any any aspect of life. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, for example, I'm not a golfer, but, you know, you ask any golfer, he says, yeah, can you play golf? Oh, yeah, I can play golf. And you play with your weekend, with your friends, or whatever, whatever handicap you have. If you even have a handicap, you score like 100 in a par 72, whatever. Now, that's fine. You have fun. You know golf. You can play golf. You know the rules, all the stuff. You do it, and you're basically an average or below average golfer. Now, you put that same golfer with the pros, and it's like they are not even close. I mean, it's just when you get to the pro level, it's a whole different uh, world out there. And it, it applies to every sport or every aspect of life, whatever. So, uh, advertising and marketing is becoming highly specialized right now. And, uh, yeah, if you just want to say I'm spending this money and I'm getting this traffic and all that stuff is fine, but 
what people never see because it's not visible is that the biggest cost is actually the money they are not making. Right. It's not so much people say, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I spent $1,000 on, you know, I got $2,000 worth of revenue and this and that. That's fine. Okay, you're happy with that. Continue doing what you're doing. But you need to realize that for this same $1,000, a person that actually knows what he's doing would actually make like 3000 or 4000 or 5000 and that money that you don't see because you are not making it is what is costing your business and then your competitor may be doing what you're not doing and then little by little they're going to take the business away from you and i think even more so the the real skill comes when you start trying to scale your marketing because yeah maybe when you're spending if you start out you never run facebook ads and you just want to test it you say all right let's just spend a thousand bucks a month see what happens you can make a return on a thousand bucks a month. If you do it in house, maybe you might be fine. But now when you say, okay, let's go and start spending uh, 500 bucks a day or, you know, a thousand bucks a day, really trying to scale it so that you are able to grow your business with your marketing. When you start getting to those levels, it becomes much more difficult. It's like, I mean, it's no different. Most people can probably juggle uh, two things at once. Now you throw seven things, there's not that many people that are gonna be able to juggle seven things at once. And so it's the same with marketing. It's as you, if you want to be able to scale your marketing, you really need to know what you're doing. You really need or need someone with know-how and most small medium, it's not their fault. They're not advertising experts. They're not marketing people. They're trying to run their business. And so that's when I think when you're ready to start scaling your marketing and saying, listen, we want to put real money into this and really grow, that's when you should bring someone in because it's just going to be very, very difficult to run a $500 a day plus budget when you're trying to manage everything else in your mm -hmm. business. Right. And you, you end impossible. up doing the, the, the typical set it and forget it where you place the ads and then you never check them and then you say oh we didn't do well this month or we did better this month and it's just basically uh you're waiting on luck more than skill and, and and that's really not how you run your campaigns and that's the difference between you know when you see other companies that actually make it some companies get it and some other companies don't get it or they don't get that they don't get it and right. and, and it, it just becomes a little hard to to convince them that advertising is not a, it's not an expense it's an investment and it's like everything else all investments sometimes will go well and sometimes they don't do so well sometimes they go bad but in the long run you don't need to look at, at the at your investment with like a day-to-day -day, um, results or return you need to look at the investment with a longer spam and some companies as you know very well from the startup business they expect to be losing money for the first five years so uh, it'll be um, uh, ludicrous for them to just basically say, oh, we started the business yesterday and uh, in the first month, where is our P&L and all that stuff? I mean, that, it's just not how it works. I mean, investors know they're going to be on the hook for a while before they start making money. All the companies that go public sometimes go public without even making money yet. And most of them, is, that's the case, you know. So, but you need to have a longer perspective and say, okay, well, we're running in the right direction. We're going to stick to our guys. We're going to have that plan. And then, yes, we're going to have a short-term maneuverability so we can move fast but a long-term perspective so we can actually have a long-term goal and we're going to stick to the goal and this go there you know and that's when you start getting into brand as well you know obviously most small businesses medium-sized businesses they don't have a brand they have a brand but nobody knows who that brand is and so obviously spending marketing dollars when no one knows who you are is going to be less effective than when you have a big brand but 
building that brand takes years. It's not mm -hmm. something that's just going to happen overnight. And it's, it's really obviously brand is not just marketing. It's obviously your product, your service, whatever, how good you are, your customer service, everything ties into brand. But you know, when you when you first start marketing or in your first two years of marketing, you don't have a brand yet. I mean, you'll start building it up slowly within your community, maybe, but it takes a long time to build a brand. And it also, like I said, it's a, it's a mix. Maybe you have great marketing, but then if your product sucks or you have bad customer service, it's going to kill your brand. So that gets into more brand thing, but yes, uh, it's a long term. It's like everything, you know, you can't expect to get rich quick. It takes a long time to build anything good, anything worthwhile. All right. So, so um, one quick question before we wrap it up. Um, so, when it comes to uh, the other question we get all the time is how quickly should we change directions when you see something that is not working as you expected? So, so typically you, you set up some ads, whatever it's Facebook, Google, whatever platform you're using, and uh, you kind of you know you're curious. You look at them every day, uh, if not many times a day, saying, "Oh, I got these impressions on these clicks, on the click-through rate, and this and that." And then a lot of people get very impatient. I mean, and 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 you know, they expect immediate results. And then before the ad is actually building an audience or the algorithm is actually learning, which actually most of the platforms now, they tell you, hey, we're Facebook is still learning now. It's still learning where is the best audience because Facebook also wants to, you know, serve the ad to the proper people. So they need to learn when they serve it to a certain audience, if people click on it, they, they, they review it or not. If not, that's not the proper audience and so forth. So if you have an ad that you use, uh, you, you basically launch a campaign and then, uh, in two days, you decide, okay, well, this is not working. I'm, I'm going to switch it and then I'll do this. You're basically not allowing the ad to, to do the job. You know, I mean, minimum well, time, I think, in my eyes, my experience, usually five to seven days is the minimum time to start seeing if that ad is actually re responding. It depends a lot on budget. If you have a high budget, you can find out pretty quickly. Um, but it really depends what you're testing too, because if you're testing, you know, a lot of times if I'm testing creative, I'll do like, say I'm testing uh, new images for some ads and you know, Facebook will let you do six at a time per ad. And so say I'm doing like two of them and I have 12 new images that I'm testing out. Well, I'll let it run until I have a decent sample size. And when I say a decent sample size, um, again, obviously it depends a lot on budget. Some people spend, 500 a week. Some people spend 500 a day. If you're spending 500 a day, you're going to find out a lot faster. Um, but you have to know your sample size. If, say once you get, uh, you know, maybe 10,000 impressions or more, you can kind of start getting a gauge on whether a ad is working or not. And so what I'll do is if I have 12 new images that I'm testing out and I'll keep, you want to keep every, you want to test obviously one variable at a time. So you keep all the copy and everything the same, just the image is different. Uh, then I'll, I'll go and I'll say, okay, I start with 12 after maybe a day, I'll drop it to six, whatever the six were the least performing, mm -hmm. I'll cut those off. And then typically I'll, I'll go down to until I see a lot of times you'll, you'll get to the three or four that are best. And then they perform about the same. And I say, okay, these four images work really well for this audience. So now I have my, my note of that. And now I can spend more money on these images. And you do the same thing with copy, the same thing with call to actions, the same thing with landing pages. Maybe your ad is really good, but your landing page sucks and doesn't get any conversions. Or maybe your landing page is great. You just can't get anybody to go there through your ads. 
especially, I mean, Facebook and Instagram is just constant, constant, constant testing, checking, trying new right, things. Right, exactly. There's different, like they just came with their new. Yeah, basically they traded with the ads. It was basically just buying and selling. They've been rolling out the new, what's called campaign budget optimizer. Mm-hmm. Optimizer, I think is what it's called. Uh, CBO is, is basically what it is. And so before you used to always set the budgets at the ad set level. Um, and which is where you set the audiences and all of that. Now Facebook has their own basically algorithms that they use machine learning, AI, whatever you want to call it, um, so that you set the budget at the campaign level. And then you set up your audiences. So if you have four different audiences in this campaign, then the f- Facebook will start running. And basically their uh, algorithm will start learning and then it will decide for you how much to spend on each audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically Facebook is saying without saying it, our algorithm is smarter than you. Yeah, yeah. But with that, I have seen myself and I've heard from many, many others that it takes at least a week if mm-hmm. not more, because right. in the beginning, what you'll see a lot of times it's actually going to be more expensive, but then after one or two weeks, it will be less expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you don't always want to use that. I still do budget at the ad set level a lot, but depending, especially if it's a longer term campaign, one that I'm not going to be constantly messing with, uh, I will be, I will just do a campaign budget optimizer because uh, in the end, normally Facebook's algorithm is actually very good at basically optimizing your budget and better than you because obviously has access to much more data. Uh, and that actually explains what you said just a few minutes ago about back to the Shopify, Facebook, Instagram, Google or, um, integration. That That's one of the reasons why it's better to basically create your campaigns and everything at the platform that is the developer of the campaign, like the Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Google, and so forth, versus using Shopify. All of these things that we just mentioned, you could not do directly through Shopify. Shopify makes it easy for the beginner that just has a product. You, you're selling clothing, you're selling products, whatever it is. You, you, you go to the marketing tab and your admin, and then you say, okay, create a new ad and create a new campaign, connect with Facebook, and it's going to give you the basic features to yeah, create an ad. Like I said, if you've never made an ad before, if you're brand you just start right. your you use upload store. an image or copy fine. but if you're looking to run a real campaign you have to do it on facebook right right so okay well this is um this has been good i think uh i, I like to do this you know maybe even once a month or so there are so many news happening in the uh, in the e-commerce arena and it's evolving so fast that i think there's a there's a need to kind of uh, consolidate all the thoughts and everything and uh we'll do this i mean like david said you can follow up or you can sign up to the uh, amazon specific newsletter you are a big amazon follower retailer seller vendor um for everything else you can go also to um either our main agency website which is mgragency.com or if you are interested in uh, joining either of the podcasts, the one that David has, or, or this one, this one is mgrunplugged.com, and you can see all of them there. You can subscribe also on your favorite uh, podcast platform, whether Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and so forth. And then uh, David has his own podcast that is a little more tech-driven uh, than this one. This one is a little bit all over the place as far as topics, but uh, um, David has one more one that is more uh, tech specific and is uh, basically the Edge podcast. And uh, speaking of, what, what is your topic for this week? I was going to talk a bit about Shopify as well, and then just some of the other tech news that's been going on this week. Okay, very good. All right, well, that's it for today. Um, for everybody else, uh, we'll add this. Uh, this probably uh, will go live in the next. Uh, 
couple of days and then we'll add our show notes and everything. Usually I add the podcast to our MGR blog for people that are following the blog and then we also obviously add it to uh, our website and the MGR Edge website so you will probably find it if you follow us and then uh, we'll have show notes on the whole podcast and everything else and uh, we will see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.